Well, welcome on in. We're glad you're here. It is day 128 of work from home. Kelly Collis, if you're watching on the uh, video stream, you got a brand new camera look. Look at all that. I see a little wider view of you this morning. Wider view, and you you might be able to see my my dog has her own oh. little chair right there. My little my little Lola sleeping. You know, she had a rough night. <laughs> I can understand that crazy doggy yappy hour. Things got out of hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The neighbors. Hey, you can text us anytime too at two at 703-782-4519. Going to talk about that World War II flyover happening today. A brand new reality show based on DC's Deaf University, Gallaudet. It's called Deaf U, which is kind of a great title. The National Book Festival coming to town. Uh, a big movie from the 90s is getting a reunion slash a reboot. We got a lot to get to today, Kelly. I, I love it. And first, let's talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court Justice. She's going to lay in state today at the Capitol building, the first female in history um, and the first Jewish person in history to have that honor bestowed upon them. Um, that's going to happen today. And then there's not really uh, like a schedule for what's going to be going on today with that. Uh, but she will be laying in state around 930 and they expect all kinds of members of Congress and dignitaries to make their way through. Of course, I was trying to figure out where you could watch it. Naturally, C-SPAN's got you covered. So they'll have uh, every single moment of it today. So that's that's a thing. And then there's going to be that private burial ceremony happening at Arlington National Cemetery uh, on Tuesday. They're waiting until after Yom Kippur for her to be buried. Yes, and of course, her uh, husband was an attorney in his own right, but he also served in the Army. Uh, which is why he's buried at Arlington National. So that's nice that the two of them will be reunited. And so we have uh, done a lot with Arlington with Reads Across America, and we use the Arlington National Cemetery app, and they have a really um, cool feature. If you've ever gone to visit, you've maybe used it, where you can locate basically any person who's buried there. So we searched um, where Martin Ginsburg is buried, because ostensibly after you're allowed to go visit Arlington again. And after Tuesday, people could go to RBG's grave. Um, and we, we looked and Martin uh, Ginsburg is buried in section five, which is right near the JFK um, eternal flame. So she'll be buried in a place of honor um, along with her husband in a really heavily trafficked part of the cemetery too, right? When people go there to visit and go there as tourists, they're in, um, you know, they're going to see the JFK flame and they're going to see several of the markers that are at Arlington. Very nice. Yeah. Very now, nice. We are like 90% positive. That's where it was. We matched, uh, Mr. Ginsburg's date of birth and everything. So that is the only Martin Ginsburg who's, uh, buried at Arlington national cemetery. So we're pretty sure that that's where, um, RBG will be laid to rest on Tuesday in that private ceremony with the family be right near JFK's grave as well. That's nice too, because I mean, if you didn't live in the DC area and you weren't able to get down here, that you might have an opportunity as a tourist to, to pay your respects. Absolutely. Um, it's interesting too, because we've been hearing a lot about RBG, like as the person too, besides just her work on the courts. And so I got to chat with a young woman who started a greeting card company with RBG's picture on it and other you know powerful women. And then um, we learned what happened when RBG saw the photo of the card with RBG on it. I had a line of Ruth Bader Ginsburg products. And, um, you know, for me, she was just somebody that I could look up to. And I thought maybe other people could as well. In 2016, Janie Valencia's company, Card Bureau, was a side hustle. She sold online and a couple stores on Capitol Hill. 
Then one day the phone rang. I got a call um, from the Supreme Court and I was a little bit nervous. They wanted to talk to me about the Ruth Bader Ginsburg cards. You know, I thought maybe I'd upset her or she didn't like them, but it turned out to be quite the opposite. And she wanted to order some to send out to family and friends. The ultimate compliment for a creator. I think she specifically liked the birthday card with her on, on it. Did you ever hear from RBG? She sent me a signed copy of her book, which was unexpected and super nice. I sent her back a thank you card, never thinking she would read it. And she actually wrote me back a thank you note for the thank you note. <laughs> and That is like the most polite thing ever. Yeah. I mean, it just sort of goes to show who she was as a person. They've seen about a thousand percent increase in online orders this week and basically the same for wholesale store orders too. Her small but mighty team in their Springfield, Virginia warehouse has been working basically around the clock. And in her honor, we're also donating 50% of those sales to the ACLU Women's Rights Project, which um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg helped found when she was um, a young lawyer. She wrote a thank you note for the thank you note. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> that's really cute. I always wondered about the, all the stuff that's being circulated with her face. Like, I mean, isn't that, can't she like shut that down if she really wanted to? I mean, I'm sure she knows a good lawyer or two. Yeah, I'm sure she could have. <laughs> yeah, or she could do it herself. <laughs> but I mean, because there are, there are so much stuff. When I was down at the Supreme Court uh, a couple days ago with my daughter, there was like little pop-up shops of like people selling t-shirts with their face on it. And, and it's just kind of striking, but I guess I don't know the, the legality around all that. Is there a lawyer in the house? I mean, <laughs> she, she seemed to be like down with it, but so I guess at some point though, and again, this may come as a surprise to you. I'm not a lawyer, but at some point though, I feel like if someone is like famous enough and it's like a caricature, I think mm -hmm. you can do no. it. I don't Remember know. when we had to make those Taylor Swift t-shirts and we had to get like approval from the, her label and all that other stuff for during the concert. Yeah, but we were using like her image, not like a sketch of her. I wonder if I had like I just drawn some like, you know, like stick figure <laughs> with blonde hair. And I was like, here's Taylor. Ah! <laughs> if we would have gotten away, because it's not like a photo of her. I don't know. Got it. But yeah. then also like J-Lo got sued by the photographer of J-Lo for J-Lo using a photo of J-Lo that she didn't technically own. And J-Lo was like, it's my face. <laughs> right. What? So of me. Yeah. You know what? If there's a lawyer in the house, I'd love to hear from you. You can text us at 703-782-4519. You can use the open mic button inside the Tommy Show app. You can leave a comment. These are very important questions. I you know, I don't know the answer to that. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess it must have been okay because some of the RBG um merchandise was actually sold in the Library of Congress or the uh Supreme Court gift shop. Yeah. So her or her staff would have had to have like swung by there once in a while and saw it, I would think. <laughs> Who knows? Or maybe she just was supportive of a woman-owned business. That's true. That's true. Yeah, because I, I feel like if you're a Supreme Court justice, you know someone who could shut that down pretty quickly. <laughs> There's an attorney in the house for sure. <laughs> Literally. Um, let's talk about the really neat uh, World War II plane flyover that's happening today. Yes, this is super exciting. So starting at 1130 today, if you are out and about in the D.C. area, there are World War II airplanes that will be flying over to commemorate the end, the 75th anniversary of the Second World War. So cool. So they'll fly 
obviously in a very restricted airspace, which is, you know, basically all inside the beltway near um, the American Legion Bridge, heading down the Potomac, going over the mall. Uh, it's going to be going down Independence Avenue. Like if you're in that area, you definitely will see them. They, they'll be low flying planes. The only issue is that there's a little bit of weather here today. There's a little bit of cloud cover and drizzle. I don't know if that will affect uh, their takeoff and their landing, uh, but that's going to be really cool. I know my husband who is loves airplanes, has worked on airplanes his entire life, is taking a little lunch break and heading down to go to the mall to go t check it out. Yeah, I live not far from the National Mall. I think I might take one of our Zoom calls like from the mall. That's cool. Put it on the phone, put the headphones in, and take a look at it. Um, when they did the Blue Angels flyover for uh, the COVID uh, first responders, I was so excited because I lived near the National Mall, and I ran down to go to the mall to see it. And I was sitting on Third Street. Um, there's like a there's like a local courthouse there with like a like a elevation. And I was like, this is awesome. And I have my GoPro and my social distance. I have my cameras, and I was like ready to do this. And the planes come flying over the National Mall, and then they took a left at like Fifth Street. <laughs> I was like, no, come back. <laughs> I was so ready. I was so ready. And then they were like, blinker, blinker, nope, and they left. Tommy, sometimes you just have to enjoy the moment. Try yeah. us. I, well, I, I thought no one would have thought to take a photo of it. So I was helping the, <laughs> the community. Okay. I was like, what if, what if nobody, what if everyone is just so in awe no one takes a picture? <laughs> you know, got to be there to help out. Netflix announced that they've got a brand new show and it's based on the, the, the real life students, a reality show of Gallaudet University, the premier deaf university um, in the country, which happens to be in D.C., right near 8th Street. The show is called Deaf You, and uh, the trailer we're going to play is a little quiet, obviously, because they're using sign language. But if you're watching the video stream, and if not, we'll, uh, we'll fill you in on what happened. But what a cool, groundbreaking idea. I'm from a hearing culture. I don't sign all the time. I talk. You see the Capitol and them protesting. And so these young people are signing, talking about being afraid of losing their culture, preserving their language. I don't give a f about what other people say. And the show is called Deaf You, and it's coming to Netflix. That's very cool. Yeah, October 9th, that will be coming out. And that's really neat because, I mean, I don't know a lot about the deaf culture. Um, and, you know, Heather, I guess one of the, it looks like one of the storylines is um, people that have hearing aids versus just using sign language and sort of the everywhere in between and how that affects um, their culture at, at the university. And these are young people doing like all the things, right? Mm -hmm. And you can also imagine too, a lot of them read lips during this day and age of everyone wearing a mask. They have a whole set of challenges in front of them. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I, I'm just so curious to learn more about um, that culture. And Gallaudet, man, what a treasure for us to have in our backyard. Yeah. I, I told you a couple weeks ago about uh, Mazzaria, the pizza place on 8th Street that opened. It's the first deaf-owned and operated restaurant in the district. And when I went there to, like, do a story about it. It was it was absolutely incredible to be in completely immersed in a whole other culture because everybody, the bartenders and the chefs and the owners and everybody was using sign language and they provided me an interpreter. Uh, but that's 
it's so interesting to communicate, right? Because like the interpreter doesn't exist. You talk to the person you're talking to and they're signing and the interpreter is like talking to you on the side. Um, but it's, it's absolutely wild. And a place like Maseria pizza, or there's a Starbucks down there. That's, uh, it's all deaf employees. Great way to like learn a little bit more about the culture and have like an immersive experience. And they really want you to do that. They want people who are able to hear and who are, um, you know, not hard of hearing or not deaf to come in and to, to be part of, part of their culture. Like it's, it, it's such a, it's such a friendly way to, to experience that. Very cool. I do wonder, um, you know, with reality shows, like reality show cast members become like overnight famous. So it'd be interesting to see what it's that not kind always of a, a good thing. Right. That's true. Sometimes infamous, <laughs> you know, I, I, it'd be interesting to see what a spotlight, like a Netflix show does to Gallaudet and the, and the community around there, because that, that, that part of like H street where the university is, has so many people who are deaf, um, and hard of hearing who, who live there and now if there's a national spotlight put on it, it'd be interesting to see how that, how that dynamic changes too. Sure. It's pretty awesome. Uh, also um, in the uh, world of pivoting, the national book festival is this weekend and it has gone uh, virtual. So basically um, last year, a quarter million people came to the convention center in DC. RBG was one of the uh, headline speakers as a matter of fact. And, um, this year, they can't do that because no one can gather uh, in those big of numbers. But the Library of Congress, who puts on the National Book Festival, has spent a lot of time thinking about how maybe they can even reach millions of people this year across the country. So they've got headliners like um, John Grisham. They've got Mo Willem, the guy who does all the pigeon books. Uh, they have Chelsea Clinton. They have Jenna Bush Hager. They have a bunch of um, authors from around the country all zooming in. They're probably going to use something a little bit more technologically advanced than Zoom, but maybe not. I don't know. We'll see uh, on the Library of Congress's website. And we spoke to one of our besties, Dr. Carla Hayden, the librarian of Congress, about it and how 20 years ago, the book festival was actually started days before 9-11. It was, it was like September 8th was the National Book Festival in 2001. Laura Bush started the National Book Festival 20 years ago after she developed when she was the first lady of texas the texas book festival and when she became first lady she talked to my predecessor as librarian of congress dr billington and said we need to have a national one and he said yes we do <laughs> and so she will be participating for this 20th anniversary you can follow one of three pre-programmed tracks or explore the national book festival on your own choose your own adventure while remaining in your pjs that's our added benefit i think of the virtual environment you will be able you'll be in your, the luxury of your own home you can have wine, Kelly. I know you're thinking about that. Well, I have a friend that works at the Library of Congress, and uh, she's actually in my book club, ironically enough. <laughs> and she is um, hosting the, um, her name is Esther Wojcicki. It's a Polish name. I'm probably totally butchering it. But it, when I tell you about her, you've heard of her. She wrote a book about how to raise successful children. She has three daughters. And um, I think one is the CEO of Google. The other one founded 23andMe. The other one's a doctor and she was a teacher in Silicon Valley and she like one of her students was Steve Jobs. So I feel like that woman, if you're a parent, you might want to check out her book or uh, attend that virtual session because maybe you'll learn something <laughs> because she's clearly figured something out. I mean, if you have three CEOs in the family, who, like, no, 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 two CEOs and a doctor. 
Oh, two CEOs. And, so, oh, apology. <laughs> two CEOs and a doctor. I'm like not writing a book. I'm just going to my island and just hanging out there. <laughs> well, she's she's an incredible woman. So she Wait. is also being part of it, um, which I'm dying to see because rather than reading the book, I'd rather her just tell me how to raise my teenagers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, let me know when that one is. Cause maybe there's just like life tips in there. Cause I feel like that lady's got some things, got some things on lockdown and going on. It's not too late for you, Tommy. Is that yeah. what you think? <laughs> um, you came in hot this morning cause you're, um, I didn't realize this is one of your favorite movies ever getting a reunion. All time favorite. It's making a lot All of headlines. Favorite? It's, it's like in the top 10. Okay. For sure. Father of the bride is reuniting for a big old fundraiser for world central kitchen. Um, it's going to be on Netflix and YouTube tonight, but um, I just, the whole cast, Steve Martin and what's her name? The bride is going to be, she's Kimberly Williams Paisley. Yeah. She's married to Brad Paisley now, but this, we pulled the trailer because I feel like it just brings a sense of nostalgia. I'm engaged. I'm getting married. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, my, my. Oh, so, oh, my. And that's your engagement ring, huh? Yes, yes. We got it at a flea market outside of Rome. The guy we bought it from said it was at least 100 years old. Wow. So, Dad, stop it. Say something. (laughs) I'm sorry. What did you say? Dad, I met a man in Rome, and he's wonderful and brilliant, and we're getting married. (laughs) Mom, what's he doing? George. George, what is it? Well, this is is ridiculous. You're, you're, You're too young to get married. Too young? Dad, I'm 22. If I'm not mistaken, that's that's a year older than mom was when you guys got married. That is absolutely not true. Oh, no, you you're absolutely wrong. You were this age when I married you? No, I was younger. I was this age when she was born. That 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 doesn't matter. Times have changed. Your mother was mature and uh, 22. We just want to use Would you turn on the air conditioner? <laughs> I just I mean, it's and also the moment when uh, Steve Martin, you know, hears her talking and looks at her and thinks of her as like a six year old little girl. I can tell you any parent can feel that. Like sometimes I look at my kids and I, I like, well, close my eyes. I'm like, I remember when you were in a little high chair and I was like feeding you food and here you're like telling me about world politics. So like, I completely can appreciate that. And luckily you've got, you know, the videos of your kids on your iPhone to be like, look at when you were cute. I know, totally. <laughs> so that's great that they're reuniting. Uh, the whole cast has been doing a big old uh, PR junket. I saw them on, on several of the morning shows this morning and tonight that will be something fun to watch and kind of like reunite. And there's so many great lines like the blue tuxedo when Steve Martin thinks he bought an Armani suit and Armani doesn't make a blue tuxedo. And no. <laughs> so great. Also, um, way to go, World Central Kitchen. I mean, that's another great fundraiser for for their group. That's amazing. Totally. A, a new twist on it. So we love when we hear from you um, on the text line, 703-782-4519, on the open mic button inside the Tommy Show app. You can leave a comment. Our comments today have been all over the road, Kelly. I want to bring some of them in. Um, Anthony says that our tofu trucker Tony is back from the <laughs> Eastern Shore. Uh, tofu trucker Tony used to call us all the time uh, when we were 
on the old school radio. So we're glad you're joining us again, Tony. Welcome back in. Appreciate you. Man, Tofu Trucker Tony had some great stories. Yes. Especially like early in the morning. <laughs> we were able to air some of them occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Also, Beth is popping in. Um, she's been in the hospital recovering from diverticulitis. So we're glad you're back. I don't, I don't even know what diverticulitis does, but it can't be great. No, um, especially since so, it's, it's capitalized and it's got a lot of vowels yeah. in it. That sounds pretty terrible. But Diverticulitis. I'm I don't believe it involves scuba gear. So I hope you're... <laughs> I hope you're feeling all right. Beth, I hope you found that funny. Of course she did. <laughs> Beth gets us. She understands. Okay. Um, also, uh, somebody wanted to know uh, if I'm the Tommy McFly that Don Geronimo used to talk about. I certainly hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, I, it's been a long time since Don Geronimo was on the radio. I was a Don and Mike fan back in the day when they were on in the afternoon. But I... Yeah, if he was talking about you, it probably wasn't positive. I can't imagine it was celebratory um, <laughs> if, if that was the case. I worked across the hall from Michael Mero when he was on uh, The Edge, that radio station that's now gone, like the other radio stations that are since gone. But most of those. Um, he was a nice guy. Never met Don Geronimo. Can't imagine there's another Tommy McFly he's been talking <laughs> about. But um, <sighs> well, yeah, Steve Hernandez, if you don't have the tapes, that's cool. Because sometimes <laughs> ignorance is bliss. <laughs> I got a text actually um, from a friend, Barry, who I um, haven't talked to in a while. Like I, um, his wife, Lisa and I were friends and he and I are friends, but I just haven't seen them. I used to live in Maryland and he texts you one day. He's like, Tony Kornheiser was talking about you on his podcast. And I was like, I I'm good. I I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, I don't need to know. I don't need to know <laughs> if it rises to the point of someone else telling me about it, then I'll, I'll go ahead and take a look, a listen ski, but <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, Kelly Beth says we're doing all right. Okay. We always make her laugh. Okay, great. She truly gets us. <laughs> we're glad you're doing all right. And we're glad you're feeling better. In our community, 65% of adults know someone who struggles with addiction. One in three adults in Northern Virginia know someone who has had a harder time dealing with their addiction due to the stress and uncertainty caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Yet, nearly 50% say they do not know how to help someone with an addiction get the support they need or what resources are currently available to them due to the pandemic. It's time to act on addiction now. Visit actonaddictionnow.com. Dot org.